You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Co-op Podcast, episode 207. I am your host, Richard Bailey Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? Hey, I'm doing good, thanks. How's it going, people? Um, After this, we only have two more co-op episodes before E3, so it's right around the corner. I'm getting excited. Yes, it is that time of the year. It's a lot to be excited about. It's just I, I hope that, you know, we have a lot of news to talk about today, but I just hope that uh, we don't keep hearing about games that are going to get announced at E3 because that will take the excitement down a little bit. Um, but we'll see what happens. We're also joined by Mr. Max Muller. How's it going, Max? Sorry about that. Uh, it's going pretty good, Rich. I'm happy to be back for another show I had to miss last week, unfortunately, but... I'm excited to be talking about Destiny 2. I have a lot to say on that game. I know all three of us do, and that's going to be a very interesting conversation. I agree, 100%. And yes, we're glad to have you back as well. Uh, for those that may be wondering, Mr. Jake James Lugo um, is having some internet issues. So unfortunately, he may not make today's show. Um, he does have an interview that he did for Destiny 2, so you can look for that soon. And we will, he'll have more to say about Destiny next week. Uh, but yes, um, we definitely will continue to move forward. And we do have quite a, a bit of topics to talk about this week, so you guys should be entertained. Uh, before we get into that, we're going to let you all know what we have been playing. So, Max, how about you go first and let us know what you've been playing? <clears throat> all right, so this week has only been a few games. Uh, I've been playing The Surge a lot the past few days. Um this game is pretty ridiculous. I know Rich said he was talking about it uh, last week, too. And I just really like it so far. I didn't expect to like it because I expected it just to be like kind of a generic uh, Souls knockoff. But I figured, hey, I'll try it anyways because like people are talking about it. And I've been getting into it a lot. And I'm actually really surprised by how hard it is compared to, compared to a Souls game because... To be honest, I haven't had a whole lot of trouble with a Dark Souls game since probably the first one. Not that 2 and 3 weren't challenging at all, but I just, I don't know, They some of the bosses in those games like are pretty easy. However, there's a lot of bosses, whereas in this game, the bosses have been kicking my ass. But from what I know, there's only five of these bosses, which is really interesting. So they're much, much harder compared to Dark Souls bosses, and they're much fewer and far between. And I kind of like some of the little twists that the Surge has put on the Dark Souls formula. Like, for example, the kind of targeting different body parts to get armor and stuff like that. Think, like, kind of a real-time VAT system in a Dark Souls game where you'll, like, target their legs or their arms and their head to uh, get that sort of body part. And then you have to do a finishing move if you want to get that body part. And then you can use that to upgrade your other armor and stuff like that. It's kind of interesting so far. And... I also, I'm not sure if the game is harder than Dark Souls because it's uh, it's not as well designed as Dark Souls in my opinion. Like the combat is still really good, but I feel like it's a bit rougher. 
than Dark Souls, and that might be why it's harder, because Dark Souls is so smooth. Like, if you screw up, you know it's your fault every time, whereas in this game, the dodging and some of the little little, uh, things like that, that can be attributed more to the game's fault than my fault, but that may be intentional. I'm still not entirely sure yet. I, I have to play more of it, but it's been interesting so far, and I've been enjoying it, and I'm excited to talk to Rich about it more and see what he's thinking about it more. And then... The other game I've been playing is this game, Dead Cells. Dead Cells is incredible. Like, it's a... Uh, I, I like to call it as a blend between Hyperlight Drifter, Hyperlight Drifter's kind of fast-paced combat and movement, but in a 2D plane, like, in worlds that are designed a lot like Castlevania, and then Dark Souls-like enemies and kind of combat as well, like a mix between Hyperlight Drifter and Dark Souls combat, as well as, like, just kind of art style and design. And if that doesn't get you hyped, I don't know what will, because that just sounds incredible in itself. But it's a really, really challenging game. Like, you're going through it all the time. It's another game that's been kicking my ass, but it's really clever in the ways that it challenges you. Like, every single movement is dodgeable. Like, none of it, none of the game feels cheap. Like, everything is entirely, like, your survival is entirely up to you. Um, There's, there's... I do have a few small problems with it, but I'll get into those in a preview that uh, I wrote up on the Coalition that's going to be up probably tomorrow, so I'll actually save it for then. But overall, it's probably the best roguelite of 2017 so far, which there hasn't been a whole lot that have come out this year yet, but it's an absolutely incredible game. And if you like challenging games, games that take a while to get into, like to get good at, because you're going to get your ass kicked over and over again, which is both a good and a bad thing depending on the person you are like if you want to dedicate yourself to a game like that then you will love this but if not then i could sort of see why you wouldn't like it as much but for me i think it's absolutely incredible and then that's actually pretty much it for this week i've only really been playing those two games haven't had a whole lot of time for other games that's totally understood uh i've heard a lot about dead cells so definitely will have to check that out myself um And yeah, just like you mentioned, your preview is going to be up on the site tomorrow. So for those of you that are interested, definitely check out the preview uh, as soon as it goes up tomorrow. Um, as for the surge, yeah, we are going to have another podcast and talk about that because I, I do agree that uh, the setting definitely feels. I mean, I don't know, like I, I don't play many Dark Souls games, um, but uh, there's some things to say about that game, both positive and negative. But I, so far, I enjoy it as well. So we'll plan to have a show on that in the future. Um, not quite sure at the moment when, but definitely before E3, way before E3. But yeah, sounds good. So uh, Gary, how about you let us know what you've been playing? Yeah, like Max, um, I haven't had a lot of time to you know play a lot of different things. So it's just been Overwatch, of course, and um, also Nier. Uh, as far as Overwatch goes, I'm looking forward to the, the new season, uh, the new, yeah, the new season, which is coming up in a week or so, but also the anniversary event, which is coming out on Tuesday. And that's going to bring, you know, a lot of new, uh, character skins and emotes and even new maps and stuff. So definitely looking forward to that event in the game, um, especially because, you know, I feel, it's right to celebrate the fact that I've been playing this game consistently for a whole year. So that would be cool. Uh, also, yeah, I've been playing near 
and that's an awesome game man like um like I, I played it before and then had to stop because of mass effect but like even back then i knew the game was special and i knew it was going to be like one of my favorites probably you know for, for the entire year and as i'm playing more of it now i'm seeing why and it, there's definitely something special about this game and it's something that you know we haven't really had much this generation in terms of like fast paced combat and I, I like um the fluidity of it and how the, the the gaming style switches up um so yeah very 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 good game i recommend it to everyone who has a ps4 or a pc for sure but uh yeah that's all i've been playing this week sounds good um now, uh, I'm going to bring down the tone of the podcast just a little bit because I, I do have some tragic news to share. Um, uh -oh. I, 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 I hate to admit this on air live, but I, I have to. Um, I, I want to take uh, some time to give my condolences to Blizzard and Overwatch because the phenomenon that was supposedly supposed to get me interested in it is officially dead now. I did not play Overwatch this week. I know last week I'm I said, "Hey, well, I know last week I said, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna play Overwatch. I'll let you guys know that I have a main now that I enjoy, and I never listen. I, I didn't, I didn't have time to pick it up, and I honestly don't think I will have time for the foreseeable future. Um, but it is what it is. Now, for those that are Overwatch fans, uh, the game is still great. I'm not going to sit here and talk bad about it. I'm just going to say that." There's a lot of games out at the moment that I want to play, and you know you only have but so much time. So uh, obviously you have to devote that time to other things. And the game that I spent the most time with this week was Injustice 2. Um, we do have a review coming from that game soon. Uh, Mr. Lugo actually is reviewing that game. But we are going to have a discussion podcast as well on the game because I... I played through the story mode, um, and the story is good. H however, you know, there's some things with that story in particular that uh, I did find to be a little problematic. Um, but again, we're going to have a much bigger discussion on that when we have our podcast show. It will be sometime this upcoming week. I'm not sure of the day, but we will let you know in advance. But I would say that the game is great still. Um, in terms of the content that it has, now, if you're a fighting game fan, uh, then you definitely will want to come back to it, you know, because they have the multiverse stuff in there as well, which is fun. But I, I have to say this, um, and I'm not trying to say anything bad about NetherRealms. NetherRealms is a fantastic studio, but we had this discussion before on the podcast. I, I think that that Ultimate Edition, this whole practice of having the different editions and stuff like that. I think $100 is way too much to be charging people for this game. Now, obviously, if you're a fighting game fan, then, yeah, and you want to spend that much to get all these additional characters, then, yeah, you should. Um, but I just think from the average person that will may maybe want to pick this up and play it, uh, they don't need the Ultimate Edition. Yes, they will miss out on the additional DLC characters when they get released. But I, I think $100, that's a lot of money to ask people for this game. Because the story, while it's fun, is still short. Um, again, if, you're, if you are a fighting game fan, then you don't really care about any of that. You know, the multiverse stuff will keep you engaged. 
the whole thing of playing online, it gets others that will keep you engaged. But for someone like me, after I finished the story, I started playing the multiverse and then I realized it, a lot of it is the same. You know, they obviously make the enemies more difficult as you get deeper. But to me, it's not really something that's going to keep me. And then, of course, we're still waiting for the additional DLC characters to become available. Uh, I mean, they do have the whole thing with the unlocking of the uh, their loot system, which is actually the gear system where you're collecting gear that you can use to customize the fighters, so on and so forth. That's fine. But again, the longevity of it after I having having played the story mode, I personally don't think I will spend too much more time with the game. Um, and that's totally fine. But if you are a fighting game fan, I will say now this is probably one of the better fighting games so far this year. I know we still have Tekken coming out. And of course, we have uh, Marvel vs. Capcom later this year as well. But I think when all is said and done, th this game, I think, is going to be one of the, the best fighting games of the year without without a doubt. Um, just in terms of the story quality already is is, is at a high level. But um We'll talk more about that on our podcast special later this week. Wait, uh, I had a question because um, one of the, the the minor things that annoyed me with the first Injustice was like the pace of the action and stuff. Like it felt really weird, like um, like really fast paced and just weird compared to something like Mortal Kombat. So I wanted to ask if this game is, you know, is the pacing more like more combat or is it more like the first injustice in terms of the actual fighting and stuff uh that's a good question um it might be a little hard for me to answer that question because i i haven't uh played the first injustice in a long time um to me it feels very much like the like that like that game just that it's newer characters but but if i could be very candid and very honest you know, if you play Mortal Kombat, you already know that a lot of the animations and the, the ways that certain characters are in terms of their moves, very, very similar to how they are in this game. You know, it's like the studio takes, they create these move sets, so on and so forth. And then they will maybe may alter a few things here or there, but then they will use the exact same formula to create um, these other characters for these other games. This is why they get the games done at a pretty quick pace. Um, nothing wrong with that. You should recycle the assets where possible. But um, I I haven't played the first Injustice in a long time, so I don't really know. It, to me, it definitely feels like Mortal Kombat. It's just there's no fatalities, obviously. Um, but uh, it's definitely fast-paced. There are some characters that are very, very slow. Like a lot of the big characters are very slow. And that reminds me of you straight out of Mortal Kombat. Um like uh, Darkseid is a slow character. That's a, a perfect example. The DLC, the uh, pre-order bonus, if you will. Um, but to me, it's, I mean, again, it, I'm not saying any of this makes it a bad game. It, it is a great game. The story mode is, is great um, for what it is. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, if you are not a fighting game fan, I definitely would not. I definitely would say, listen, you might want to rent this game. Maybe you can pick it up when it's a lot cheaper. Uh, but if you are a fighting game fan and you want to drop that hundred dollars, that's that's fine. Just know that the DLC characters you're gonna be waiting because there's no release date for some of these other characters. I mean, you do have some that you can unlock, um, but the actual DLC characters themselves that you still have to wait on some of them, some of them. So, but not a bad game, and it, it will go down as one of the better fighting games this year. No, no doubt about that. 
Oh, so, do you uh, think like it, it could be easily outshined by Tekken and uh, Marvel vs. Capcom? That's a good question. I'm I'm not sure. Now with with, with Marvel vs. Capcom, we still don't really know a lot of information about that game. I feel like with that game, uh, Street Fighter Five. Listen, I picked up Street Fighter Five to launch. I have not been happy with the way that Capcom has handled that game thus far. Um, a lot of the issues they had with it. That's why I don't really fully want to buy into the hype of Marvel versus Capcom yet. We need to see if they've learned from the mistakes that they had with Street Fighter V before we give them credit and say, yeah, this other game is going to be fantastic. I give them credit for trying to have a story this time around and trying to connect both Marvel and Capcom, uh, both of those universes together. So I will give them the benefit of the doubt. But until I see more, maybe at E3, I'm going to say, okay, we'll see about that. But as for Tekken, um, I'm excited for Tekken. They released a trailer recently that I did post on the site that uh, I, I think the trailer looks great. Um, I'm looking forward to Tekken. You know, it, honestly, I don't really know if it's going to be better than this game. Yeah, I mean, it has potential to be, but I just haven't played it yet. But I will definitely uh, give my thoughts on that soon because, I mean, Tekken will be out here the week before E3. So, um I will definitely play it by then and have more thoughts to share uh, on, on that. So we'll see. Fair but uh, just, just to clarify, though, for those just so they, just so they know, I'm not bashing Injustice. Uh, it is a great game. Uh, and again, JJ and I will have more to say about the game soon. So stay tuned for that particular podcast. So. I believe that pretty much concludes what we have been playing for this week. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into the main topics because there's a lot of things that happened this week. Um, I know Max did mention Destiny 2 earlier. We're going to save that for later because it, there's a lot to say with that discussion. Um, but for now, we're going to start with something that uh, I think was a big deal. I really don't think it's a big deal. Uh, I don't really know what it means, but Microsoft has renewed uh, the rights to Scalebound. Um, but we found that out earlier this week. Now, obviously, uh, Microsoft has not made any public statements about this. This was discovered on another website related to Microsoft. Um, now, whether or not an announcement is coming about them trying to use this for another game that they're working on, the same name, I mean, I don't really know about that. But I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on Scalebound being renewed the trademark that is being renewed by Microsoft and whether or not you think this is going to lead to another game getting made in the future. Um, I think that it's cool. I think it's good. I like that Scalebound is back in the news, but I don't see anything happening with this for a long time, if anything at all. But it's cool to see it there. Like, Other than that, I don't have much else to say on that. It's just... It's nice to see that there's still that small, small bit of potential for Scalebound to be something, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I don't agree. Like, I mean, the, the trademark renewal, it, it doesn't really mean anything per se, because, like, companies have a lot of trademarks that they don't use. You know, like, they're just keeping it, keep, keeping it in case they want to do something with it. Like, um, an example I have of that is, like, I have my own server and, you know, I have, like, a couple websites that I run and stuff. And, you know, I have, like, a bunch of domain names. And, you know, sometimes, like, I'll get the notification that is, you know, about to, like, end, expire or whatever. 
and i'll just keep renewing it just because like because i might want to do something with that domain name later on or something even though you know i'm not actually using it at the moment so i think it's a case of this where it's just you know um the the trademark was about to expire and microsoft were like no we're going to keep that you know just in case so i think that's really what happened yeah both good points i mean i know there were some people that were very excited to hear the scale bow was back in the news i i i was i was definitely caught off guard with that particular news um but yeah i mean it possibly doesn't mean anything i what one thing that i do know is that you know the fable franchise still does exist because i know somebody asked phil recently about that and he was talking about a few ideas he had to bring the series back so i think that that series is still fine um it is going to make some return Maybe it might even get announced as a new Fable game is in development at E3. Who knows? But as for Scalebound, um, I don't. I, yeah, I don't really think Microsoft is going to do anything with that yet. I mean, there's no telling with Microsoft. I know that, though. I will say this: if they do do something with it, people are going to once again talk about Microsoft because they always make decisions and then they they keep doing this back and forth with their decisions. And that is why I say, even if it is good news, people will find a way to spin it and say, well, this just proves Microsoft is doing another 180. So uh, either way, they can't win in this particular situation. But I would like to say that I was looking forward to scale bound. They made the decision to cancel it. And I'm still not happy about that decision because the game looked like it was pretty far along in development. Um, but, uh, I will say that if they decided that they needed to cancel it, and as, as Phil has already said, it's, it was good for gamers. Well, he needs to prove to me and everyone else at E3 that we have other games coming. And yes, this was a good decision to get rid of it because I still don't see it as being a good, a good decision. Um, one other thing I did want to throw out there as well before we move on to another topic Phantom Dust. Uh, I have to give a, a shout out to Microsoft about this because when they had announced that this game was going to be free, I, as soon as, as I got this announcement, later on in the day, I decided to go to, you know, turn on my Xbox, go to the dashboard, and the game was nowhere to be found on the dashboard. You had to basically do a search to get a DLC pack. I think you, you found, that's how you found it, right, Max? Yeah, I had to search phantom dust on the store which did not make the game come up it made the free dlc multiplayer pack come up so i downloaded that and then it goes this game like or this pack goes with phantom dust so i had to click on that to get to it and i went on uh reddit like an hour after that and i saw that other people had to do that same thing so i actually don't know if that ever got resolved i forgot phantom dust even existed after that until right now like i forgot i even have it but um I really hope that got resolved because that's kind well, of bullshit. Well, well, that, that's actually what I was going to get to because when I went on the store today, now it is front and center uh, um, where you see it and you can actually download it. And I, I just want to give a shout out to Microsoft because, you know, they need they need they should know better than this. You don't announce we have a free product and then there is nowhere on the store. I, I, I have it. Microsoft is the only one that's done this a couple of times. Sony has had stuff where. It, it is supposedly supposed to be something that is on the store, but it's not front and center for you to see it. So I think in this case, though, with Microsoft, when they announced that it is a free game and you want people to actually play your games, 
you should make it easy for them to find your games on the store so that they can actually play it. Um, so I didn't want to say that because I was, you know, I, because I, because I didn't find it the other day, I was like, well, I'm not even going to worry about it now that it is, it is there. I did download it, but it's like, I shouldn't have to go through all of that. This is a free game. You want me to play, put it out there so I can actually download it and play it. That's all I'm saying. But it is what it is. Um, I'm going to stop because I know some people will, they, they say, hey, you guys talk bad about Microsoft. You know, listen, we're just talking about facts. We're just talking about real stuff. And we always talk about every company when they make a mistake. So, do you guys have anything else you want to say about Scalebound before we move on to the next topic? Um, well, yeah, I was thinking also, like, it probably would have been very dangerous if they let that trademark go. Because then what if a certain competitor of Microsoft then registered that trademark later and then went to Platinum Games to get what they already have? You know, like, that could have been quite interesting yeah that's um i wanted to bring that up too actually or something similar because i wonder if platinum games would be the ones working on it next because they i think it was like two days ago now they just announced that they're working on their note their own original ip platinum games is right now so i don't think they would even have the time to come back and work on scale bound if something like that ended up happening at all you know what i mean right Okay. Yeah, I was just kind of throwing that out there just to just to see what you guys yeah. think. But yeah, like I think it's definitely smart of Microsoft to renew that because you know they they could definitely do something with it later if they want to if they're not already planning something. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, I think uh, if they, I mean. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just glad that... Uh, I mean, I don't know what the renewing of the name means. Um, I kind of think if they renew that name and they did use that name, I, I don't really don't know how Platinum Games would feel about that. Because, um, I mean, I think they because they have been working on the game, maybe they also felt an attachment to the game, even down to the name that they had for the game. But, I mean, I don't know. Um, but I guess, you know, we'll find out sooner or later. Uh, what is going, what they actually are working on if they decide to use that name again which I don't really think that they will but I mean we'll have to wait and see about that but yes we'll see so um, let's move on to the next topic uh, now when I heard this news last week I literally was, I mean I was very excited to hear the news and then I heard more information but pretty much we now know that Netflix is producing a Witcher TV show um, now, don't get excited, ladies and gentlemen, because CD Projekt Red is not involved in, in, in any aspect of this particular project, is what I found out recently. And after I heard this news, I, I was very disappointed to hear this. Um, but Gary, maybe you know a little bit more about this particular story, so feel free to, to shit to, you know, tell us what your thoughts are on all of this. Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting that they didn't include cd project in on this now the reason why this can be done is because you know the witcher game is actually based on a polish novel like a fantasy novel and stuff so i guess netflix kind of bypassed um you know cd project and maybe they went straight to the source to you know work out a deal to to get the rights for the witcher so you know that would mean they didn't they wouldn't need cd project because cd project just made the games pretty much you know 
but I, I do think that because CD Projekt has made this like a global brand pretty much like I feel like they could have collaborated in some way still like included them because like they're the ones that really made this popular like I mean nobody really knew about those Polish novels before you know The Witcher was made so yeah I mean I guess they you know they kind of deserve to be in the mix a little bit maybe given some creative ideas or something like that maybe they could have borrowed you know a lot of the the kind of um the the aura the art style that you know that they have in the games and stuff but i guess netflix just decided they want to do their own thing you know they just want to completely go their their own way about it so it'll be interesting to see how it turns out really and um if there's any similarities at all to the game itself I could see them uh, branching away from the game and like kind of telling their own stories, but maybe like having like cameos or just certain things from the game over into the shows. Like I'm sure that's gonna happen, but I bet that it would be more of an original story. Um, but also, I was thinking about this, and Tony just kind of brought this up in the chat too. Um, he's talking about the fact that Netflix kind of does a lot of lower budget shows and. I think that that's true and that The Witcher, I don't know if The Witcher could be done that well, like with low budget. I was thinking this could be more like an HBO show, especially because The Witcher like kind of has that sexual appeal that like Game of Thrones and everything else does that people generally go to these like paid networks to see. Whereas Netflix, Netflix kind of, I don't want to say family friendly, but they kind of lean towards their content being a bit less on that side of things. You know what I mean? Whereas HBO kind of just goes all out on everything. Like Netflix does have some pretty uh, gruesome stuff that isn't family friendly at all. But I, I, I feel like a lot of their original content tends to lend towards that sort of stuff. But The Witcher is a pretty mature series. It isn't really a family friendly thing. So I don't, I, I can't say for sure how this will go. There's not enough information out there right now. But um, and as for CD Projekt Red not being a part of it, I think that's kind of a shame. I wonder if part of it's just because they're working on cyberpunk and they just kind of want to leave Witcher behind right now and they just maybe don't have the time or the resources to dedicate to it right now. Um, I think their input would have been helpful. I think that would have been good if they were on it. And I could see the show actually suffering because of it. But um, we'll have to see. Netflix hasn't really let us down, though. So we have to take that into consideration as well, for the most part, for the most part. They make a lot of original content, and most of the time it ends up doing pretty well. So we'll have to see for sure. But I think it's interesting. I just want more information on it first. You know what I mean? Yeah, the the budget thing is a legit concern for sure, because, I mean, to recreate that, you know, Witcher world, like, is the, the Witcher, like, it, it's a character that haunts monsters and stuff so like you know they're gonna have to kind of like show all of that so they're gonna need a good budget to really do this justice i think so that that's gonna be interesting to see how they you know handle that because uh, i understand what tony's saying in the chat right now with you know the, the marvel shows they're quite low budget you know like for superhero shows and stuff um, there, there are, you know, certain effects and stuff, but like it's very like contained and it's paced out kind of thing. It's not like every episode you're seeing full on, like you know, explosions and you know, special effects and you know all that stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they approach approach that yeah. stuff. Yeah, 
And like, that's because like part of the Witcher is like his thing is that he's a monster hunter. You know what I mean? Like that's what a Witcher is. And um, yeah. that's, that should be a big part of it. I have to hope that's a big part of the show because that's what a Witcher is. I wonder, do we even know if it's going to have Geralt in it? Do we know that? Or do we just know if it's going to be in the world or not? I mean, I would assume I haven't read the books and I don't, you know, I don't have much knowledge of them really, but I, I think he's the main character. So, okay. I don't know. I hope so. Like, oh, yeah. I'm reading the IGN right now. It says the series will have some ties to the games. So, and it's being directed by the guy who directed the intro videos for the three games. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I I have been watching the chat, and I I did see that there was a uh, Black Star has made some some good points about the uh, you know overlooking you know the the budget the budget thing. I mean, it, it's not really a, a major concern. I mean, I, I we we have to wait and see how they are actually going to do this show because again, um, like you guys said that there are monsters in it. That that's going to require some more stuff, you know. But I don't really think it would be too expensive for them to do any CGI stuff in there. Um, I mean, I don't know. I will say though, I thought Netflix can, you know, if Netflix is funding this project, they should be able to afford to, you know, spare no expense on this type of stuff if they feel that it's it is necessary to portray the the world correctly as good as possible. Um, but I mean, again, until we actually know what all the information is that they're going to actually dive into, uh, we can't really say too much about about it. I do know that the Marvel shows. Uh, one thing that I admire about the Marvel shows is that a lot of them are mature in in, in the context. They don't shy away from the violence, and and that is one thing that I know we will see. Like I w- I would love to see Gerald uh, chop off an enemy's head or something like that. <laughs> Because, I mean, this is the, the physicality. This is what you need to see in, in this type of a uh, thing. You know, like a, like a Game of Thrones. This is essentially what could be what could be their version of that. Um, and because it is cable, of course, I know, though, with the whole family-friendly family, family friendly thing, I mean, we have to see how that's handled. Yeah. Um, but I would like to hope that, you know, they will... It, it is a mature context. I would like to hope that they will keep the content also mature. But I don't know how they're going to do it yet. I guess we'll know more as they start to talk more about the series and what their plans are. But um, I think you make a very good point, Max, about CD Projekt. Uh, maybe they want to just work on Cyberpunk right now since that is their next game. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see because, I mean, they, they still do have that Witcher card game coming out. The Gwent game is coming out um, oh, yeah. some point, sometime this year. There's a public beta for it right now. Um, so they, they still will be supporting the series in some regards, but uh, just quite maybe don't have quite as much time to really focus on this particular aspect of the uh, series. Yeah, that's true. And like the The Witcher has so much lore too. So if they if the story isn't good at least, like then you know someone really screwed up. But um, I'm excited to see. I really hope that they like kind of expand into like the lore that we haven't seen in the game so much. I think that'd be really cool, but yeah, we'll have to see. <clears throat> yes. Oh yeah, there's definitely tons of lore. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to downplay what Blackstar was saying, like, because he, he is making points as well, and 
we can't you know underestimate netflix because they're growing stronger by the day they're always getting more subscribers they're getting more exclusive shows and stuff so i'm i'm sure they're starting to accumulate more money and maybe have like higher budgets for for these shows so we can't underestimate them because maybe they could pull this off who knows true 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 yeah i mean again oh yeah it's like as you know as soon as we hear more information about it and we can get an idea of what it will be like that will tell us everything we need to know but i I still will give the show a chance i just didn't like the cd project is not involved but you know as you say the you know because it is based on the books well yeah i I still will check it out but we'll see i I will reserve my uh, hype level um increase or decrease until I actually see the show, then I'll be able to determine whether or not I should be hyped. But uh, we'll see. Uh, so, any other thoughts before we move on to the next topic? I'm good. That's it for me. Okay, so uh, there is some news about Sony's upcoming E3 show. Uh, Gary, you had something that you wanted to say on this. It was a story, I, I believe, about the uh, they're going to be having a three-day streaming schedule. This is supposed to take place after the PlayStation Experience event uh, during E3, correct? Yeah, so basically, like, after um, their... So their their conference is on Monday, right? So, like, they're going to have, like, a full-on, like, streaming schedule for, you know, the following three days. So the the remainder of, like, E3 throughout all the expo and stuff. So it's got me thinking, like maybe they have like tons of games that they're they're gonna show and reveal at the conference so it's, it's kind of got me excited because like they've they've had a great first half of um 2017 so like you know if they like if they somehow outdo you know microsoft with all the games that they're gonna reveal like it's gonna be pretty good and then you know they're gonna have these streams that are gonna be showing off these games so it looks like they're really taking this seriously and it looks like they might have, you know, a lot, a lot on their plate to show. So I just wanted to get, you know, you, you guys thoughts on this because we are getting closer to E3. Like, do you feel like, um, Sony has like a whole list of, you know, different IPs under their like belts right now? Oh. All right. Well, you go first, Max, and then I, I got some <laughs> things to say about this. <laughs> um, I mean, I have to imagine that they have some crazy stuff up their sleeve. Hopefully, maybe regarding PSVR even, since there hasn't been a whole lot with that. And I'm thinking, do you th- do you guys think this will be like sort of a Nintendo Direct type thing? Or um, I'm, I'm still not entirely sure like what this uh, streaming schedule is exactly going to be. Do you guys like know what it's going to be? Is Has there been information? Yeah, I'm pulling it up. There was like an, an actual detailed list. I'm trying oh, to find okay. right now. Okay. So. Um, but I think that'd be cool. I know that there's still a lot of games like on the horizon that we're waiting on more details for, like um, Days Gone, the zombie game, or the Spider-Man game, and stuff like that. So they could just use it to like really flesh out some of their upcoming games, like how Nintendo does with their Nintendo Directs, like with Arms, the recent Arms Nintendo Direct they did. That actually makes me not hate it anymore and it actually looks a little interesting even though i still don't think it's worth 50 dollars. but we'll have to see of course but um i think that could really benefit a lot of their games like especially days gone because i just saw a uh or i was just watching a gameplay thing on that and 
It looks really, really cool. It looks like World War Z, like the movie, but in game form. But that doesn't mean the rest of it will be good. Like, that part can be cool, but it could just be your generic open-world zombie game for the rest of it. So that would be a great way to, like, kind of showcase what's different about all these different types of games and stuff like that and what they're going for. I think that'd be cool. I will say as well that, um, you know, based on our own personal interactions with Sony as well, it seems like they're going very direct to the consumer as well. Like, you know, like they kind of, um, not, not cutting out media, but it's like, you know, I think they're really trying to take advantage of the whole public being a part of E3. And then, you know, as we've been saying for a very long time, a lot of these big publishers are, you know, starting to go more direct in terms of like, Know, marketing their games directly towards consumers so i think you know this is definitely a part of that also like controlling their own message and stuff yeah i definitely see that so i i like to make a quick comment um now obviously you know we've been to the last we've been to a lot of e3s over the years uh most recently i know we've been to i believe it was the last two years um so but there was one year that I didn't go to E3 and I saw that, you know, that the, I was still able to see most of the gameplay footage, the reveals, uh, so on and so forth. So, um, the three day streaming, it doesn't really feel like it's a, it really a new approach to me. Uh, again, I, I haven't been watching it for the last few years because I've actually been there, you know, and most of the time at E3, we spend time running around from appointment to appointment. So we don't really get online quite as much to see what everyone else is going on. Um, so I'm not really sure if it's, if it's really a, a new approach. I, I will say that I know that Microsoft does the same thing because they have an Xbox daily show where every day they have interviews with different devs, so on and so forth. So I know Microsoft will be doing this also, even though they haven't really announced any of this stuff yet. Um, but going to what you said about Sony having a lot of announcements at E3, I feel like they have already shown us so many games that we don't have release dates for. So they will probably more than likely focus on the release dates. And if it's a game that is coming out this year or early next year, you'll definitely see a lot more of that footage front and center than some of the other stuff. Um, I feel like they also have a lot of games that are third party that are coming out this year, like uh, Nino Kuni 2. So I definitely think we'll see a lot of that stuff as well, not just the exclusive uh, stuff to PlayStation 4. Um, but yeah, we'll see some of that. Maybe we'll also see some VR games because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of VR games that are in development. They have to show people that they are fully behind PlayStation VR, so you'll see a lot more of that also. Um, but in terms of having more games in general, I mean... We know Sucker Punch is working on something. That's We don't know what that is yet. Um, so there is going to be some surprises, I would imagine. Um, but I don't really know how many more surprises they have up their sleeves in terms of games. Uh, because I do know that there's still so many games that they've already shown us that we don't really have any more information on release dates on. So I would think that they're going to focus on those games uh, more so. Uh, and if we do get any reveals, it's going to be very minimal. Where you, maybe you'll see a, a teaser at the end of the conference for maybe a Bloodborne 2, so on and so forth. Um, but I don't expect them to really have a ton of stuff for that. But I mean, I could be wrong. It could at least be like an interview with a dev. Maybe a little bit of footage. But I don't know. We'll have to see about that. 
yeah, you, you mentioned the VR thing, and I feel like having these additional streams is it like it's definitely a great idea for them to take advantage of that and show off some new and cool VR stuff. Because we know that at the main press conference, sometimes when they you know try and show VR demos and stuff, it can bring the pace down because it is very difficult to you know show VR at a big press conference because like you know it's something you need to experience, but you know those other streams they're not as much a priority as you know the main conference and it won't have have as many eyeballs you know attached to it so like while they're doing that they should definitely try and push vr a little bit and explain what they're doing with it more because like the people who will be watching those additional streams are going to be like playstation fans like it's not going to be the entire world and cnn and all the news outlets and stuff like it's going to be like dedicated playstation fans that are probably going to be tuning into you know those additional streams and stuff so you you definitely need to sell them on you know the psvr and what's coming for it because you know they already released the headset last year and in my opinion you know they haven't made it seem worth it at all so they definitely need to do a better job of that and be more vigilant with it yeah absolutely um yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, I, I think it's great. It's great for people who are not going to be at E3 that they will be able to get this experience where they'll be able to see pretty much what Sony is working on, um, whether it's for PlayStation VR, PlayStation 4, so on and so forth. So that, that right there in, in and of itself is great for those that aren't going to be there. Um, so, you know, I'm glad that Sony and Microsoft are going to be doing that because, and then Nintendo as well, because they'll have the Nintendo Directs. And then they'll still have streams of the tournaments, so on and so forth after that, plus the treehouse stuff. So glad to see that, you know, all three companies are going to at least have things that people will be able to watch um, on a regular basis to get an idea about some of the games that are coming out. So it's it's good across is, the board. Is there a, So is there a full schedule for the uh, Microsoft ones? Like, did they announce, uh, like... I, oh, no, I... Well, well, no, I haven't. I haven't heard anything about that yet. I, I, all I know is that every year they have this Xbox Daily show that they have. Um, it, it's pretty much every day throughout the conference, all three days, um, and they show videos, they show interviews. This, this is on the X. You can watch it on the Xbox One. Um, so it, they are going to have that show in some capacity. They haven't really talked about it publicly yet. Maybe they will talk about it. Um, as we get closer to the show, uh, but they are going to have that too. Uh, I know that Nintendo has already announced the Treehouse event, so I would assume that that's something that people will be able to watch as well. But uh, it is going to happen because um, you know they they know everybody cannot afford to go to E3. So to get the further people interested in your product, you have to go out there and just promote it a lot more and. Everybody will be watching online one way or another. Even some of the uh, conferences that uh, we have tried to get into that we won't get into all of them. All that stuff will be streamed online too. So I, I feel like we're definitely going to hear more about this stuff soon. Yeah, we'll okay. see. So any other thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next one? No, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Okay, so this next topic is pretty much something that, uh, well, we got a whole bunch of news last week from Ubisoft. Uh, they had their uh, fiscal earnings call, and within that call, they revealed a lot of interesting details. Uh, first and foremost, they revealed that at the end of their fiscal 
year 2019. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, 2018, which is any time between now and I believe it's uh, March 31st, 2018. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. They're going to release uh, four major titles, one of which we already know is South Park, uh, The Fractured But Whole, um, The Crew 2, the new Assassin's Creed game, which is speculated to be called Assassin's Creed Origins, and of course, Far Cry 5. Um, so from what they stated, two of those games, at least two of those games will be out before this year is over, and I'm assuming that the other two will be out at the beginning of next year. Um, now, they did say some other stuff, which I'll mention after we talk about that, but right now, let's talk about so what do you guys think of the games that we do know are coming and the fact that we know about this information ahead of time as opposed to being surprised at, at E3 in two weeks? Uh, you go ahead first, Max. Okay. Um, as for it being announced before E3, that's just a thing now, I guess. That just seems to happen all the time now. It's kind of annoying, but I guess that gives them time to instead of announce it and build up this huge announcement, they could just show it off um, at E3, but I don't know. I think it's, I wish that they would still announce things at E3. That seems to be, that seems to almost never happen anymore. But um, I think the games are cool. They're like, they're pretty, like, none of them are unexpected. Like, it's nice to see that Assassin's Creed is finally coming back this year. Like, I'm I'm ready to jump back into it, assuming that it's different. Um, That's still, obviously there's not a whole lot to tell from just that still but to me it does look very similar to what it was beforehand so hopefully that the game or i hope that the gameplay is like a lot more expanded on because there's a lot that assassin's creed like is kind of missing like don't get me wrong i really like the games but there for example there's almost like no stealth mechanic in assassin's creed like there kind of is like obviously you could go around sneak around and backstab and everything but i feel like it could just be so much more than that and the missions don't really account for that sort of stuff either at least not since when i played which was back black flag was the last assassin's creed game i played so that could have changed a little bit but from what i've heard and saw i don't think that did um so i really hope that they really just kind of revamp the game because they said they wanted to take a step back and like refresh it and everything but to me that looked very similar so hopefully i'm wrong on that and then as for far cry far cry is like yeah it's far cry we knew that was coming as well um at some point and that's cool like far cry has some dedicated fans and they're cool games i haven't played one since three though uh crew two that's exciting uh i actually didn't play the crew until this past summer so just about a year ago now uh for games with gold that game is cool that is a game that I'm sad I kind of missed out on its prime. It's just having the entire United States, obviously on a smaller scale, but having the entire United States just available to you to drive around and just do whatever you want in with friends. I think that's really, really cool. It's kind of, it was similar to Burnout Paradise in the way that the world worked and how events worked and just people could be doing whatever they want and stuff like that. And I think that's really cool. And seeing the crew too, like kind of expand on that and add more gameplay features and stuff. I think that would be really, really cool if they do that right. And then South Park, South Park, we knew was coming to that got delayed a bunch of times, but that's great. I still need to play the first one, but South Park is going to be cool. I have almost no doubt that that game will be awesome, but it's cool. I would like to see like a Splinter Cell game or something. I think that would be dope. We've been waiting on one of those for a long time, but hey, maybe that's a secret that they're keeping at E3. Maybe they're distracting us with these games we know about, and then they're going to throw Splinter Cell at us or something. That'd be cool. 
Uh, I do have something to say about what you just said there, but Gary, why don't you go first and let us know what your thoughts are on some of these games that we now know Ubisoft is working on. Yeah, I definitely um, echo uh, Max's thoughts on that. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not hugely invested in Far Cry and the crew. Uh, with the crew, I will say that it's good they're continuing with it because I feel like there's a big void, you know, for the driving um, games market because obviously you've got like Forza and Gran Turismo and those are like your more serious, you know, racing experiences and stuff, but a game like the crew it can be like the new need for speed kind of thing where you play it you know just for fun you know because sometimes like i like to play driving games but like i don't want to take it you know seriously to the point that you know it's like i I, i'm always in a mood for a simulation type racer you know like sometimes i just want to do street racing and race around different parts of the world america or wherever it is you know so yeah i think there's definitely a place for um the crew so i'm glad that they're continuing with that um obviously you know the the main one i'm excited for is assassin's creed so yeah i really just want to um really want to see what they're going to do with it this time around and you know how they're going to bring that ip forward a little bit and instead of rehashing what they've been doing for like the past 10 years or some something like that so yeah just i'm just waiting and seeing what they're going to do really at at the moment yeah well so let me first address the the games that they did announce yeah south park fractured but whole i guess i will keep saying that name because it's a funny name i was looking forward (laughs) to this game and you know i did get a chance to play it last year at 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 e3 at you know at the ubisoft booth and it's, it's a fun game Glad that we finally have a release date for it because I know that it was supposed to come out earlier this year. So now that it's coming out towards the end, that's that's fine. You know, give the game as much time as it's needed for it to be as good as possible. So I'm cool with that. The Crew 2, another game that, you know, I am glad to hear this announcement. Now, I must admit that I did not get a chance to play the first game. So I have to also go back and play the first game. But, you know, I'm a fan of Forza Horizon. Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Gran Turismo will also be out this year. So I do intend to definitely try this out as well. Cause I mean, I, I like a lot of racing games. This game. Need for Speed. Oh, Need for Speed. Oh yeah. I forgot about Need for Speed. Yeah. That's supposed um, to be coming this year. I think you see, it's a lot of, it's a lot of games dropping this year. Um, already. Uh, I don't know if this game is coming out this year. I mean, I do know that of these four games, two of them will more than likely be out this fall. Um, my, my money would be on Assassin's Creed, uh, because, yeah, Assassin's Creed's normally come out, you know, towards the end of the year. Uh, so hopefully that is true, because I've heard a lot of origins, you know, a lot of stuff, I don't really know if it's accurate or not, whether it's in Egypt or, you know, there's so many different rumors I've heard about this game. So I'm looking forward to finally hearing about what this actually is. Um, we will get that reveal at E3 as well. And Far Cry. Now, the whole thing with the Far Cry 5 thing is, you know, we heard the rumor about this. We heard about it being set sometime in the uh, Wild Wild West, that type of period. Now, if Red Dead Redemption is actually coming out this year, I don't really know if uh, if that is an approach that, I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't know how that's going to go down. If they are actually going to do a Wild West setting and how that's going to be when you play that game and you compare that to a Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't really know 
if that is something that um, will go over well for Ubisoft. But at the same time, you know, if people are fans of games that are in that type of a setting, and of course, we already know it'll be good because it's a Far Cry game. I mean, they may not even worry about that, but I'll be very interested to see what the plan is for that game. Because I am a Far Cry fan. Um, I enjoyed the last ones, so I'm sure whatever this is, it's going to be good no matter what. So, we'll see. Now, um, obviously, one thing I did want to mention, though, uh, as I, you know, you mentioned already, Max, about Splinter Cell. I am about 99.99999% sure that we're going to see a Splinter Cell teaser at the conference. The reason why I say this is because in that same earnings call, they announced that for their fiscal year 2019, which is going to be anywhere from April 1st of next year to March 31st of, you know, 2019, they're also going to be releasing four other games. Three established franchises will get sequels, and it's going to be one new IP. I'll be very surprised if Splinter Cell is not one of those games that is going to be among those four. Because, again, as you said, it's been a long time since we've seen a Splinter Cell game. We haven't yet seen one on this generation of consoles. So for that reason alone, I think we're definitely going... I'll be surprised if we don't hear about this game when we go to E3. Maybe this is a game that closes the show. Unless, of course, they decide... Well, we're going to show the new IP instead because Ubisoft has made it a point to show a new IP every single time they have a conference now and sometimes to close the show. So we may not see Splinter Cell, but I'd be very surprised if we don't because, you know, they did acknowledge in that same call that the Tom Clancy games are doing extremely well. So it, Splinter Cell is part of that as, as well. So I'll be very surprised if we don't see Splinter Cell there. Um, that's just my thoughts. Now, one question I did want to ask you both, though, is, as you know, I mentioned that there's going to be three other games returning. Which other which other games do you think we're also going to get future sequels for, since they've already established that there are going to be sequels to some other games? Are you talking Ubisoft or just in general? <clears throat> just, just Ubisoft titles. Um, what... I would like a Rayman game. I know that that Rabbids Mario game is probably a thing, but I want a normal Rayman game. <laughs> Again, like a sequel to Legends or Origins, or maybe even like a return to 3D platforming or something like that. I think that'd be really cool for Rayman. Um, what else have they been working on lately? Watch Dogs. I'm sure we'll get something on that. <laughs> uh, listen, I hope not. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of too soon for Watch Dogs. It is too soon, but I would not be... That IP is huge, so I would not be surprised if they teased a little something. Maybe not. That was pretty soon. So, so you guys uh, want to ignore what was in the chat, which no. was uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2? I literally guys, just saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you guys uh, think that is a possibility? Because I, I still believe that that's coming at some point. Um, but the Rayman game is a very good guess. That... Yeah. There's another one I think you need a new game because when they keep releasing Rayman Origins again, or now it's on Xbox One, now it's on PlayStation 4, why don't we just get a new game? You know, and put it on and Switch it's also. Legends, like most of it. <laughs> yes, yes. You're right. 
We'll see. G- Gary, you have any a- any picks that you think we're going to get sequels for Ubisoft games? Um, I was, you know, I was thinking about it. Like, do you guys think that we're going to get a Division Two? Ah, I could see that. They're well, working on a movie for it. <laughs> that would be why. That that would be my reasoning as to why. Yeah, they're working on a movie. More than likely, they, that may be a game that you get a sequel for. Um. Or at least possibly. another big expansion. But I think it's time for a sequel uh, if they're going to work on that. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people stopped playing Division. Like, it didn't have that staying power that Destiny had, you know, in terms of the ongoing, you know, content and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think if they're going to continue with the Division, they definitely need a new game. And they need to really nail it this time, like they did with Watch Dogs 2 and Assassin's Creed 2. You know, they need to make Division 2 that standout game. Yeah. I could see them doing that. Well, um, I... Or sorry, oh, go, go ahead, Rich. Oh, no, you you, you go ahead first. Um, I was just going to say, do you guys remember when the Division was, like, announced? That shit was almost No Man's Sky level hype, at least from what I remember yeah. and saw, and then it just kind of fell off. Whereas No Man's Sky, like, lasted to release. I think I remember the Division hype kind of fell off before launch and then it launched and people were still like cool but it didn't have that like hype level it did when it was first announced yeah yeah that that game was like really overhyped for like two years or something something crazy it was crazy sorry rich what were you gonna say oh no so i I just was gonna say you know I, i think if there's one lesson that we have learned from this generation so far if the first game is released and it it is not quite what everybody expects then they normally do a better job on the sequels, as you mentioned with Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs 2 is about a thousand times better than the first game. Um, and then you can also take Destiny, which we are going to talk about soon. Destiny 2 looks better than the first game. Um, so, yeah, I could definitely see a Division 2 if they want to go down that path. Um, one thing I think is, is going to happen though is because, you know, another series that they haven't really done anything for in a while, and that is Prince of Persia. Uh, I think that, you know, and, and let me just say this real quick. I recall when I went to a Ubisoft event last year for Far Cry Primal, the director of that game is the same director that has worked on Prince of Persia. And when I was at that particular event, I asked them, what is going on with that franchise? They straight up said, well, it's still it, it's still around. They didn't say that the franchise is, is that they're done with the franchise. So I would think it's a poss- it's very possible you could see a, another game in that series down the road. Um, and if you think about how a lot of companies are now trying to bring back franchises, you have Sega trying to, you know, get a couple of their IPs back, Capcom trying to go back to their franchises I think we could definitely expect to see a Prince of Persia game at some point in the future because if if they haven't given up on the franchise yet, you know, I think that normally is a good sign you're going to see something about it eventually. Um, but that's just an idea that I have. So we'll see. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, but uh, I will say that Ubisoft, at least, they did make me interested in checking out their press conference. Because normally every year we go to E3, sometimes we don't go to the press conference because they normally have it inside a theater and it's always filled to capacity. There's no guarantee you'll get into the event. Um, 
But at least I will say they made me interested. You know, I, I really I really want to see Assassin's Creed. You know, if I if you told me to pick one of those games of the four that I want to see the most, I think it's Assassin's Creed because I enjoyed Syndicate a lot. Um, and that was a good game. So I'm very curious to see what direction they're going to take the series now. But with that said, everything that they've announced so far sounds awesome. So definitely looking forward to seeing what it actually is. And with Far Cry 5 as well, I want to see what that is too. So. Yeah, I'm with you on that Assassin's Creed. I I'm happy that the ship battles are back too. That stuff is awesome. That's so cool. yes, yes. They, that was one thing that they did very well with these last couple games. So we'll see how that turns out. But uh, any final thoughts to say before we move on to our final topic for today? I'm Nothing good. for me. Okay, so here we are, ladies and gentlemen. The biggest news of the week: Destiny Two. Now, um, you guys already know that our senior editor, Mr. Jake James Lugo, actually went to the Destiny 2 event. Uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, unfortunately, he does not have uh, online right now. He had some issues with his online. However, he just posted up an interview for Destiny 2 on the YouTube. So definitely check that out when we're done recording here because it's already live on our YouTube right now. But uh, a lot of things happen from that Destiny 2 uh, reveal event you know most of us will I believe all of us here saw the gameplay so on and so forth heard some of the news regarding Destiny 2 there's a bit of a controversy with the frame rate uh, of how of, of how the game runs on consoles and I do have something to say about that but initially I just want to ask this question right off the bat what did you guys think of what you saw of Destiny 2 thus far yeah, we are going to be playing it at E3, but what do you think about it based on what we saw in that reveal event? So yeah, I'll go first because I'm sure I'm sure Max has a lot to say. Um, I don't have too much to say, but like you know, like we said a few shows ago, like I said, Destiny is definitely one of my standout games for for this generation. So I, I had high hopes for Destiny 2. and from what I saw, and I saw a lot of my Twitter timeline saying the same thing. You know, it it doesn't look like that much of a step up. Now, I will say that it does look a lot more polished visually, which is great. And it's supposed to really, because like, I, I don't think there's a, a last gen version of the game. So, you know, it's, it's definitely, it definitely should look a lot more polished. But, it, you know, in terms of the game itself and, you know, uh, what it entails, it definitely looks pretty much the same formula as what we had in the last game but now with you know maybe a more in-depth story and you know just like certain bells and whistles added onto it that you know sound nice like the whole crew thing and you know all that stuff so yeah i mean i wasn't really blown away by the announcement from what i saw of it and stuff from the the reveal but there are a few things that have me really interested, like definitely the fact that it's going to be on um, on Battle.net because like that Battle.net is basically like my favorite app right now because like I'm, I always have it open. So that would be interesting to have Destiny and Overwatch like together and stuff. But I'm conflicted there because like, you know, most of my friends that will be playing Destiny will probably be on PS4. So, yeah, a uh, bit of a conflict there. I'm not sure, you know, which version I would even buy. But, yeah, my initial thoughts, not, you know, I'm not majorly excited or blown away from what they've shown. But 
we have three months until we get this game like it could be a different story once it releases like you know because the first game it was it was almost like a drug to be honest with you like you going into it i didn't know what to expect i wasn't that hyped but like once i got into the destiny ecosystem and everything like the grinding and you know just the teaming up with people and stuff the community aspect i got really into it and you know i I kept playing it for months and months and months so yeah i mean it could you know it could consume us all when it releases even though we're not that excited by it at the moment but yeah interested to hear what max has to say um yeah i i echo gary's thoughts completely i can definitely say i'm still excited for the game of course i think that this is like something i've been arguing with myself a bit did we set the bar too high our expectations too high or did they really just not innovate as much as they quote unquote should have from what we've seen so far like like you were saying like the game looks very very similar like i'm watching the uh interview we just posted up right now like i haven't muted but and it's uh some pvp footage and it seriously looks exactly the same like the graphics are a bit better and the ui is a bit different but like if i didn't know this was destiny 2 i would have just thought this was an update to the ui on destiny 1 you know what i mean like and i don't know i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because this means we may be getting the destiny we've always wanted and this is like the ui and everything we're used to you know what i mean so it'll feel like just more destiny which is what we want in a sequel yes and that's actually an argument i had with someone recently they're like yeah it looks like destiny 1.5 but like it's more destiny it's exactly what we wanted the first game to be and like that is a valid point but i feel like if you're putting the two there like we want much more than just a little bit expanded on first game you know what i mean we want entirely new almost like for example people can shit on halo all they want for keeping making sequels and all that but every halo game plays very differently than the previous one like none of them play the same they all have like their own kind of twist on the engine and everything like that and most sequels in general do that's not to say that destiny 2 should have been like a huge crazy difference from the first game because the first game's gameplay was amazing that was the best part about the game like you were saying gary it's like a drug because it felt so good like, i remember i just kept playing it just because meleeing people felt so good like i just wanted that but um that doesn't and of course there's still going to be tweaks and stuff i'm sure but the thing is if destiny 2 just means better story same game like Again, I'm still probably going to get it. And maybe that's because they know that. That's why they're still doing this. They know we're all probably going to get it anyways because it's what we wanted from the first game. Because let's be honest, we all kind of shit on the first game, but we all loved it. We kind of shit on it because we like, we want it to be great. You know what I mean? Like the first game, that hype was unreal. And they just disappointed us so much in regards to story. And they had so much potential, like with all that lore and the grimoire and everything. And I hope that they expand on that because I want to see more on that. And I think that they will. And from what I've seen in the expansions, they actually know how to do that and do it good. But um, of course, that can change. Like you said, in three months, the story could be entirely different. And I am interested in the premise of us kind of like losing the light and everything like that. And I think that's also a little bit of a cop out because that's like their way of getting us all to completely restart. Because I know our characters, like abilities, none of that is transferring over anymore. Like I think the aesthetics of our character do, but I think that's pretty much it. Whereas beforehand, it was supposed to be your character going on this 10 year journey. That's kind of scrapped out the window. And then also like, um, 
Destiny 2, they're just like, oh yeah, Destiny 2, and the two expansion passes, like, get it all right now. It's exactly the same as the first game, like, when it launched. It was like, get Destiny with the expansion pass, this one and this one, and I just hope that... I have to hope that they learn, but at the end of the day, this is Activision, keep in mind. So I could see them withholding like content for the DLC packs, and I hope that the DLC packs are actually substantial this time, because Destiny ones were not. None of them were. They were... Like, the raids were cool, don't get me wrong, but these expansion packs could be finished in, like, an hour or two, easily. Like, the only reason I'm even playing the first one again is because I was a, I was able to game share with my brother, and I didn't have to buy the other two, and I beat those so quickly. I'm st- Actually, technically, I'm still working on the last one, but, like, they're beaten so quickly, and that's kind of a shame. That's not an expansion to me. That's, like, just a short little extra five missions or so. And I just... I hope that they just take everything from Destiny 1... And it's all there in the first place. <laughs> and then they actually expand on it, which, yeah, that's what we're supposed to expect from a sequel. But I'm not entirely sure that's what they're doing here from what they've shown off so far, which is which worries me. But we'll have to see once we try it out. You know what I mean? Very good points all across the board. So um, I would just like to say, let me start off by saying that, uh, you know, Destiny 2, yeah, I did see the reveal as well. I'd have to agree that there's a lot of stuff that pretty much looks the same. And I, this footage that you mentioned, the PvP that is currently posted in the interview, yeah, it looks exactly the same, as you said. Um, so, it, it, not really any major changes. It doesn't feel like anyway. I mean, we haven't played it. We will get a chance to play it in, a, in about two weeks. Uh, we'll get the chance to see if there is anything else that is different. Um, but I would say, you know, to me, Destiny has a lot more that, well, from someone like me who played the first game and then instantly was turned off with the storytelling, or I should I say the simple approach to storytelling. We're going to have a mission and we're going to go to this place and we're going to talk to this character. You know, very simple, simple characters, simple storyline premise. And to me, I do appreciate the fact that there is trying to change up the storyline now to make it more about, you know, well, you've lost the light and you lost the weapons. So now you got to try to get this stuff back. That's fine, I guess. Uh, as you say, still is, you know, a reason for them to just say, okay, every, they want everybody to start fresh, which is fine, I guess. I don't know. It's, uh, but to me, I think, um, I still think there's a lot more to, to learn about the game to really figure out what's going on with the game itself. Now, uh, some other things that were said during that interview, though, which I did find interesting. Uh, during the event, they had a, they spoke with a couple of the devs, and they announced that you know the game will run 30 frames per second on consoles. Uh, uh, that's locked, and then pretty much on PC, it's 60 frames unlocked. So it can even go up to it'll basically go up to whatever you, your PC settings are. If you max it out, it'll go up to that amount in terms of the frame rate, which is great. Now, the question I wanted to ask you is because apparently there's a big controversy going on with this whole 30 frames per second uh, locked on consoles. I wanted to ask you guys what you think about that because I, I think a lot of people are missing the point of that discussion, but I'll get you guys' opinions first. So, so Gary, why don't you start us off with that? Let us know what you think about that. Um... <clears throat> Now, like, there's two sides to this. Like, I, I guess I can kind of see it from 
you know, um, Bungie side of things because they want parity. They want it, you know, to be consistent, um, across, you know, all platforms and stuff. Uh, well, on, on the consoles at least. But, you know, I know as, like, if I was somebody who purchased the PS4 Pro or a Scorpio, I, like, I'd probably be a little bit annoyed that this game can't run 60. Cause, like, I mean, with, with that kind of, with that level of technology, you should be able to run a game at, you know, 1080, 60, or, you know, whatever. So, I'd be slightly annoyed, but, you know, if it's for the better of the game, then, hey, I mean, you know, uh, it's you know it's it's a game that's heavily online, so I guess they they want to make sure it's perfectly optimized for that purpose because it relies heavily on online gameplay and capabilities and stuff. Yeah, and like that's that's a tough line to cross because if the pro can run sixty, but the PS4 can't, and you're playing multiplayer with each other, like the people with sixty frames, like they have an advantage there. But um, I think that they could do like 60, maybe single player content or even co-op content. But when it comes to PvP, maybe do 30 because games do that kind of stuff all the time. Usually opposite, yeah. but like that, that stuff isn't hard to do, you know? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Uh, one thing I did want to say is uh, I know that... Uh, the 30 frames per second thing, there's some people that, that they got really offended by that. They got very angry to hear that news. I know that Microsoft, I mean, I, well, the statement that I heard from Bioware is that they was not going to talk about the frames per second until Scorpio is revealed and we see more of the game at E3. So, obviously, though, it, it, it probably is still still 30 frames per second. That's, that's fine. It is what it is. But th- this is the point that I'm trying to get to, is that people... Performance is important, yes, but people, at least from my perspective, if you played the first Destiny and you did not like the story, you did not like the lack of content, I think you need to be more concerned about this stuff actually, you know, being good before you worry about, well, it's only 30 frames per second, it's only 60 frames per second. No, because listen, the first game, I was disappointed with the story. I've said this multiple times on multiple podcasts, you know. Because it felt like Bungie, it, it, they could have done, they could have put out a better game the first time around. Obviously, we'll get a better game this time around. This game, from what we saw, yes, it does look the same. The presentation they showed, though, there was a lot more animations, a lot more cutscenes, so on and so forth. It's a lot more of a cinematic experience, if you will. That's fine. But to me, the story is important. You know, some people, may, they may not care about story. They may only care about gameplay. And then in that case, then I guess they can have a point of saying that, well, yeah, the frames per second matters. But to me, the actual game, the content, the storyline, this stuff matters more. Because I've seen what they've done with Destiny 1. Was not impressed with that. So I would think people should be more concerned about that. You know, so ask yourself, yes, performance matters. But if the game isn't good, then none of none of this stuff matters, in my opinion, because this is what you, you, you're you getting into. You, you're playing a game. Um, but performance does matter for a lot of people, so it, I guess it is what it is. And if you did pick up a PlayStation 4 Pro, and it, or if you're thinking about picking up a Scorpio and the game is only 30 frames per second, well, yeah, you probably should be angry about that. But um, with that said, I think uh, there's still a lot more to learn about Destiny. Um is it a game that I will play? 
oh yeah, I'm definitely going to play it in the next two weeks and see how it is. Um, is it a game that I will pick up on day one? I don't know. I have to see more before I'm sold on that because it, yeah, it looks the same. Um, but I have to be convinced of the other aspects of it to see whether or not it actually lives up to all those expectations. But, you know, like we mentioned already on this show, this is probably going to be a case where the sequel is better than the first game. I'm not saying the first game is horrible. It's still a good game, but from Bungie's standard, it, you would expect a better thing. So to go back to what you said earlier, Max, do we have high expectations because of Bungie's pedigree for Halo? Absolutely. And though a lot of those expectations were brought down a notch with Destiny 1, but Destiny 2 could end up being a better game. But still, they have to show us more. We have to see a lot more before we can come to a real final verdict on that. So, we'll see. Um, one final question I did want to ask because I saw this was brought up in the chat. I believe that uh, Victor in the chat asked a very, a very important question. Asked us if we think that Bioware's version of Destiny... This is the, the new game that they're working on. And we think that this is a game that will be uh, end up being better than Destiny. Now, I I, I, now I don't really think that we can really... Well, I know I can't answer that question because I don't know anything about this game yet. Um, if they show it at E3, which I think they will, maybe show a teaser or something because it, it is not coming out for a while. I believe they pushed it back. Um, that's going to tell me all I need to know about it. But if Bioware, you know, again, this is the same same studio that made the original Mass Effect. I do believe the game will be good to a certain degree. Um, but I, I, really, I, I can't answer that question. But maybe you guys may have some thoughts on it. So, so Gary, what, what do you think? Um, like in terms of the, the game being better than Destiny or being a Destiny pillar? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, do you think that this game could could instantly be better because of the studio involved, because of uh, the fact that it is a new IP? Um, just what do you, if you have any general thoughts, it's probably hard to really come up to any conclusion because we don't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, we haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, well, I would say that although we may criticize Destiny, it's very hard to achieve what Destiny has done already, I think. Um, like we saw people kind of grooming the division to be that new destiny and that didn't happen like Bungie has like a really really solid formula to how they make their games like you know it's not just I mean yeah the community aspect is part of it the grinding and everything like the unlockables the cosmetics like that's all great but the the fundamentals of what Bungie created you know is really immersive like i love their style of game like even halo like the, the the combat elements of their games are so intense and i love those huge intense boss battles and stuff and i don't think just any company can do it the way bungie does to be honest with you like they they have their own magic in that aspect so yeah i think it's going to be tough for any game to try and you know um top what destiny has done in that specific lane um but i am interested to see what bioware can do because we know like that they're really good at world building and you know storytelling and that sort of thing so i mean hey they 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 they're definitely equipped to make something that could be better than destiny but we just have to wait and see um i'm, I'm just saying it's not going to be easy in my opinion 
Yeah, you're you're right on that one. Bungie has their uh, they they do have their own kind of footprint. They throw they throw on things, as does Bioware. I think it'd be great to see Bioware pull off a Destiny like game, but with their type of footprint and style. And keep in mind, they do have that uh, Kotor MMO, which I played for, like the the first year it launched, and it was cool. Like it was. Like, don't get me wrong, it didn't do anything, like, outstanding. Or Swoter, sorry, it's the Swoter MMO. But um, they didn't do anything outstanding in terms of MMOs. Like, it was a pretty generic uh, MMO, aside from the story aspect, which was cool. The stories were cool. I didn't think any of them were out of this world. But as far as MMOs go, like, that's that's the only one that had story like that. You know what I mean? So I think that if they were able to do like a sort of service game and pull this off, that would be awesome because Bioware does have that charm. I don't know what it is, but they make things great for the most part. I know Andromeda was not the same team as the original Mass Effect games. And I know that original team is working on this new one. So I have much higher hopes than what Andromeda has shown me (laughs) because I'm not happy with that game. But I think it'd be really cool. I just, I am a bit worried with all of these service style games this becoming the new thing because I know that a lot of that was EA's doing. I'm sure EA was like, oh, we need to challenge this sort of Destiny thing and what's our best way to do it? Probably Bioware because let's, because DICE has Battlefield, which already has its own online thing. And to be honest, this is going to start costing us a lot more money and time because expansion passes are going to be more of a thing and you're kind of locked out unless you get these expansion passes a lot of the time. And also just time in general. Like, I don't have time to play three different service games, you know what I mean? Like Destiny and whatever Bioware comes out and then maybe The Division or something like that, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, they're cool ideas, but it's it's interesting. I I don't really know how this is going to play out. To me, it's kind of like having all these multiple storefronts to a point. It's like, Everyone has their games on Steam. Not everyone wants to move over to Origin. Everyone has their time invested in Destiny. They're not going to want to move over to The Division. And at a point, you're going to have people that are spread out so much that you're not going to be able to... The, the market's going to become oversaturated with these types of things. We'll have to see. Like the yeah, MMO market. Hmm? Go ahead, Gary. No, I was going to say that's an excellent point. It's something I've been thinking about as well, like the, the service side of gaming and how many are like emerging. And this is why I say like the funny things I say on Twitter about like, oh, I'm still going to be playing Overwatch this fall <laughs> because like I'm fully committed to that game. Like I used to be a huge Battlefield fan, right? I didn't even buy Battlefield because I was like, I've got Overwatch. I'm fine. I don't need Battlefield right now. So like it's almost like you are pick sides now because these games like they you know it's ongoing like it's it's an ongoing commitment nowadays and you know that's a scary thing because it means as gamers and as people who like to play you know a huge variety of games it's going to get harder to do that because you know if you're going to stay committed to 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 one game you're not going to have time to play all these other amazing games that are out so yeah it's a legit concern what you're saying and it's definitely you know a dialogue that needs to happen at some point i think yeah yep exactly and like the mmo market is starting to suffer from that a little bit you know like that's this is like the new kind of mmo like this whole service thing because exactly we don't have time for all this shit and like you're gonna keep playing overwatch i want to get into overwatch still and like i i am into it but like it's hard for me to find the time to play that because i do want to play destiny still and stuff overwatch is another example of like a service game you know even blizzard is doing this kind of stuff but blizzard Blizzard has always kind of done this kind of stuff, let's be honest. They always update their games and keep people playing, which is great. And the thing with Blizzard is, 
the updates are either free or they are worth it. That's the thing. Like they are high quality and we come to expect that. Like that's very important for Bungie to follow through with and Bioware and all that other stuff. Because to be honest, the term expansion has been, it's been ruined. Like expansions are usually not worth it anymore, in my opinion. But like Guild Wars 2 is a great example too. Like Guild Wars 2 had an awesome expansion and it was worth the content. And the thing is the base game already had a ridiculous amount of content. That's the thing. Like, don't come out with an expansion before your game has stuff. Like what Destiny 1 did and other games do. It's it's a weird line. It's frustrating sometimes. Absolutely. Some, some great points raised. Um, one thing I did want to add, though, to what you guys said of this uh, new Bioware game. Um, while I trust that the game will be good, while it has the potential to be great if it is to be a Destiny competitor... We have to remember one very important uh, detail with all of this, and that is that EA is publishing the game. Uh, EA has had a a pretty uh, shaky track record so far this generation. Whenever they take these games under their wing and, you know, they release them. You know, we talked about what happened with Titanfall 2, the fact that they decided we're going to release this uh, towards the end of last year. With all these other shooters, and oh yeah, people will still still buy it, and that you saw what happened with that. And now with Mass Effect Andromeda, you know EA could have taken, could have maybe they could have given this to studio more time to polish a couple of things, but you know the investors or whoever they, it was already set in stone, and you know you don't want to upset the investors, so they just had it drop. So even with this game, even if this game turns out to be fantastic. If it's not handled a certain way and it's not treated the way it needs to be treated, then that, that's going to be an issue. Like if they decide to release this at a time when there's a whole bunch of other games coming out that people are more interested in, that may pose to be a problem. Um, so we have to wait and see. Obviously, we still need to see what the game is. So I'm hoping that we do at least get some type of trailer at E3. Um, but we'll see. Because I think that and they, when they had their earnings call recently, and then they did push this game back a little bit further. They did say this wasn't related in any way to Matt's Effect Andromeda and the reaction from that. I still think that that is still not entirely true. And if you do see a trailer for this game at E3, then I think that that will prove that that wasn't true because they want people to forget about Andromeda and focus on this game as quick as possible to know that Bioware is still making quality games. So... We'll see how this turns out, but uh, I mean, as for Destiny 2, we just need to see more to really know whether or not it is actually going to live up to our expectations, but yeah, based on that PvP video that I've been watching, it does look the same. Um, I don't really know what's different about it aside from the story so far. Maybe there are other aspects about it, uh, but obviously we will see that when we've actually had time or time to actually play the game, so we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, I just hope they don't focus too much on being like, oh, here's a whole story, but we didn't innovate on gameplay at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're focusing too much on that. I hope that's not the case. But we'll see, because there's also the argument, like, don't fix what works. Or, you know what I mean? Don't fix what ain't broke. But that doesn't mean you can't, like, innovate on it. Absolutely correct, yeah. And again, they know that this is a competitive uh, scene now, so hopefully they did make a couple of changes. Yeah, but we'll see. And- this is Activision. Call of Duty. Uh oh. <laughs> yes. 
You're right. Like to stay the same, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, uh, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap up today's show? Yeah, I mean, I getting back to the you know just touching on the service side of things, like because I used to be like one of those guys. I, well, I didn't look down or make fun of, but like you know, I used to like be intrigued by those people who play like literally just one game like and that's like all they play but it's like we're kind of being pushed into that nowadays like you know with all these service-based games so yeah it's, it's interesting um but I'm, I'm definitely interested in seeing what bioware is going to deliver with their game and you know what these other games are going to be doing you know in the future in terms of how they deliver their content continuously and stuff because we know microsoft is interested in having you know that sort of approach to to their games lineup so oh yeah, yeah. sea of thieves right that's the game that's going to have that that type <laughs> of, uh, of of a special i don't, I don't know man I, I mean we'll see i'm not gonna say nothing about sea of thieves yet i just i haven't really had a chance to really check out that game either um but i can tell you right now based on what i have seen since it was revealed i not really too impressed uh, maybe that could change, though. We'll see. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think I have too much else to say. Like you guys are, you guys are very, very, very right on that one. Okay. Cool. Gary, you have anything else to say, or are you uh, good to wrap up the show? No, I'm I'm done. <laughs> all right. So, uh, thank you all for checking out this week's show. Um, we actually, our schedules are going to be a little busy over the next couple of weeks. I mean, obviously we're still going to have co-ops for the next two weekends, but, uh, you guys do know that E3 is coming up. We normally have the co-op on Sundays. Now, um, we are going to be going to LA, uh, a little bit earlier because the Microsoft conference is the same day we normally have the co-op. So I don't know if we'll have a show later that night. I mean, we have to figure that out. So we have to talk about that, and then we will let you guys know off air. But at the very least, we're definitely going to have shows throughout that week that uh, we will definitely be letting you all know about. Um, like I said, we're still two weeks away, so we have a little bit of time to really plan that out. But we will keep everybody informed. We do thank you all for checking out today's show. And uh, do you guys have any final shout-outs that you would like to give? Uh, Max, you can go first. Uh, yeah, as always, thanks everyone for tuning into the show. We always have this great conversation going on. Uh, we had a few less people watching, but the conversation was still definitely there, which is awesome. And yeah, looking forward to E3. We're going to have hella shows for you guys. Like We're going to be up all night doing them shows. So we'll be happy to have anyone join us if we end up doing them live in the chat. It'd be fun. But um, other than that, I'll see you guys next week. Absolutely. Uh, I would like to do some shout outs and then I'm going to give the floor to Gary. I would like to give a shout out to Gary and our other friend, Ramis Quadri, because these guys did a very, very good podcast on Mass Effect Andromeda. They talked about the good, the bad and the ugly. I would say if you are someone who wants to know why some of us didn't like Mass Effect Andromeda, you need to definitely check out that, sh that, that show when you get a chance. Uh, but they did an awesome job on that, so I wanted to give them a shout-out. 
Um, also want to give a shout out to Mr. Lugo because as I mentioned earlier, he was at the Destiny event this past week. His interview is on our YouTube right now, which you can check out if you haven't already. Um, feel free to leave your comments on what you think of you, what you saw in that Destiny video, as well as your comments on today's show. Let us know whether what you think of the, some of the topics that we discussed. Um, and yeah, just want to give a shout out to the Patreon supporters as well. Thank you for the continued support, and we definitely will look forward to talking to you all next week. Uh, so, Gary, go ahead, and uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, definitely big shouts to Ramiz Quadri. You know, he's been a longtime friend of the site and me also. So, yeah, shouts to him. Thanks for joining us for Mass Effect show. It was fun. And a big shout to all of our Patreon supporters. That's M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lelowin Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, and Nick Biazzo. Uh, we appreciate all of you guys. And I'm actually working on, you know, a few things to hopefully, you know, improve a lot of our E3 content. And we, we definitely want to deliver a lot more content to you guys. And we're also going to, you know, be releasing, you know, a few things as like a timed exclusive for the Patreon supporters. So like you guys will get certain thin things first, but you know, the main show, the co-op and stuff will, will, you know, that'll be live and it will be, you know, delivered to everybody live, you know, and you will still be able to catch it afterwards and everything like that. But, you know, we definitely want to try and get a lot more content out for you guys during e3 hopefully we have good internet to make that possible and you know if if we do manage to get you know all the things we're we're trying to in terms of interviews and different discussions and stuff we definitely want you know the patreon supporters to you know um, get the advantage of hearing it first so yeah thanks for all your support guys you definitely help us out with with all of that stuff so big shouts to the patreon people and of course, all the people who joined us today in the chat, you know, all the, the usual people, Miguel, Blackstar, you know, Victor, thanks for, for all your support and, you know, for having these discussions with us on air. And that's pretty much it this week. Yes. And, uh, one last thing, like I said, if you have an opportunity to check out the show, whether it's on YouTube or on the site, Definitely leave a comment and let us know what are some of the games you would like for us to try to cover at E3. I mean, we do have quite a bit of appointments already lined up, but there may be a particular game that, uh, you know, if there's a particular game that interests you, definitely let us know. We will make sure that we make it a priority to get that coverage because, I mean, it's going to be very busy this year. You know, this is a different E3 than in the past. Um but yeah, just let us know just so we can be aware and then we'll definitely do the best that we can. But uh, thank you all for checking out today's show and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Peace.